Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. This is Make It Pine. M.I.P. With Massimella Mark Thompson. Make It Pine. Get woke. Ladies and gentlemen, if you were watching television over President's Day weekend, you probably saw numerous replays of uh, the movie Lincoln and the portrayal of a character in there, which which is probably, other than Lincoln himself, the uh, most intriguing character in the movie. We ought to talk about that character and what he actually meant in history and his enormous contribution to civil rights and racial justice. I have an author with me today. He is the best-selling author of four books on the Civil War era including the fall of the House of Dixie, Confederate Emancipation, which received the Peter Seaborg Award for Civil War Scholarship and was named one of the top 10 works of nonfiction of his year by the Washington Post. He is a professor emeritus of history at the University of Illinois, and he joins us today from Ann Arbor. We're going to talk about his book, his new book, Thaddeus Stevens, Civil War Revolutionary Fighter, for racial justice. We've got Bruce Levine on the show today. Bruce, how are you, man? I'm good, Mark. How are you? I'm just fine. Congratulations on the book. Thank you. Thank you. Much appreciated. So you've written about um, um, that era in the past. What, um, What and why now inspired you to focus specifically on Thaddeus Stevens? Well, Thaddeus Stevens is a figure at the center of the Second American Revolution, uh, the attempt to create a genuine interracial democracy in the United States, an attempt that uh, was unfinished and uh, that initially made great strides, enormous strides, overthrowing slavery and a series of other changes 
but that was then turned back in the late 1870s. And we're living today, of course, with the fact that that promise of interracial democracy remains unfulfilled. And uh, I could think of no better way to tell the story of the creation of both what was successful and what was not of that time and the problems we still live with than to talk about this figure. And of, of course, he has not earned, you know, the, the accolades historically that he probably deserves. We talk a lot about the focus is, is frequently on Lincoln, Lincoln, Lincoln. But but that is Stevens kind of helped move Lincoln to the place where he ultimately was, did he not? I think Stevens helped move the whole country to the point that it ultimately was. Um, number of his contemporaries were sure that he did indeed at least pave the way for Lincoln. He called for things uh, that Lincoln eventually endorsed long before Lincoln did endorse them. That includes the abolition of slavery uh, the, uh, through the 13th Amendment and the 14th Amendment as well, and for voting rights that eventually are promulgated in the 15th Amendment. So yes, Stevens uh, was way ahead of many of his contemporaries, most of them, and that includes Lincoln. Um, but in helping to change public opinion, Stevens help make those accomplishments possible. Did Lincoln himself give Thaddeus Stevens the credit he deserved? I think not. The closest thing Lincoln did was to refer to radicals in general, radical Republicans, as despite being annoying, which Lincoln did find them annoying, uh, anytime you feel somebody constantly prodding you in the back, probably feels like an annoyance, but he also said their face, they are faced towards Zion. They are pushing in the right direction. Mm -hmm. And that's, I think that's the closest Lincoln came to giving Stevens his due. Um, what about where Thaddeus was from? Was there anything about his, his, his background upbringing that made him as, as radical as he was when it came to, to racial justice? Well, I think that's certainly true. Thaddeus mm -hmm. uh, Stevens was born and raised in the state of Vermont. And the state of Vermont uh, was probably the most politically, radically democratic state in the Union. It was born in a struggle against landlordism and in favor of a genuinely, or at least a more uh, completely democratic form of self-government and constitution. And Vermont was the first state in the union in its constitution to denounce slavery. And did that not only before any other state, but did that before the British empire, which as you know, uh, finally got around to abolishing slavery in the 1830s in most of the empire. Vermont did that much uh, earlier, uh, or at least declared for doing so much earlier. And so that democratic spirit and that anti-slavery spirit lives on in the political culture of Vermont and surrounds Stevens as he's growing up. 
His family is Baptist, and that was a religious denomination that derived from the English Civil War of the 17th century, also emphasized individual rights, individual choice. Baptists of Vermont were unusually anti-slavery, unusually in favor of democratic rights. So there's a double whammy there, the state and the family's religion. Uh, both embody an anti-slavery creed. Stephen's also born into a poor family, and he feels the onus of poverty and condescension by the wealthy. And that also, according to him, reinforces his drive for greater justice for the downtrodden. So that is being from Vermont. He was Bernie Sanders before Bernie Sanders. <laughs> Bernie Sanders, right? And then some, I'd say. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> indeed, indeed. So he was one of the ones. Uh, well, well, let's let's let me not get ahead of myself. During and we see in the movie during the arguments about the the amendments, and you mentioned how he influenced Lincoln. What politically was Lincoln uh, at any point? Did he make a strategic decision? to give some deference to Thaddeus Stevens in his advice because he knew how influential he would be in the Senate? I don't think, I, I know of no evidence of that. Okay. I know of no evidence that he consciously changes position because of a knowledge of Stevens' power. I think what is true is that Stevens is pointing out the right road and eventually Lincoln comes to recognize he's right. And until then, Lincoln is doing a lot of bowing toward the slave states still in the Union. Um, and Stevens is criticizing him for doing so. And along around the middle of 1862, Lincoln says twice that the biggest mistake he has made is trying to conciliate the slaveholders still inside the Union. Uh, and he says, this has held me back in the Civil War more than any other decision I've made. So implicitly, at least, that's an acknowledgement that Stevens was right. And, and, um, and, and clearly he was. And Stevens also, did he not want to go further? He, he wanted uh, stringent uh, requirements for those states, those slaveholding states, to re-enter the Union, correct? Correct. Considerably more stringent than Lincoln wanted. Stevens basically wanted to keep the rebel states in a position below state status, turn them into federal territory. Stevens argues that they are indeed out of the Union, and we should keep them out of the Union until they uh, become places that accord with the kind of democratic society we want to be and we need to be. And that, of course, is not Lincoln's position at all. Lincoln wants to get these states back into the Union as soon as possible. And so that's a fairly low bar for that. And that's a major source of struggle in the uh, later years of the Civil War as one after another rebel state is occupied by Union troops. Did, did, and that's a strong position. If it, Did any... Other politicians support Stevens in that call for them to be 
just territories? Yes, there are a handful of radical Republicans in the Senate and in the House who share Stevens' position, uh, but the majority of the Republican Party rejects it. The majority of the Republican Party insists, uh, along with Lincoln, that these states, though they claim to have left the Union, never really did because they couldn't. They didn't leave because the Constitution prevents them from leaving. And Stevens basically says, well, the law prevents people from doing all sorts of things. That doesn't stop them from doing it. The law says you may not murder, but we have murderers. And so saying that these states couldn't leave the union because the law says they couldn't is a complete misunderstanding. And more importantly for Stevens, it's not just a logical error. It's a serious political mistake because only by keeping them in territorial status can the federal government do what really needs to be done, which is remake the society in those states. Let me ask you this then, Bruce. I, I, don't, I don't want to put you on the spot in terms of editorializing, but for someone like me, wouldn't have Thaddeus Stevens's plan, wouldn't it have actually remade the society and prevented some of the problems that we have today, including what we've seen, the romanticization and glorification of the Confederate flag and even what happened on January 6th. I mean, is that I've been saying that you're, you're the scholar. Correct me if I'm wrong. I've been saying that that is part of the problem, that it was, you know, people were allowed and still are allowed to believe, hey, this was OK and we really didn't lose and it wasn't really about slavery and you know, it was just, and we're going to do civil war reenactments. I mean, isn't that part of the problem that, that Thaddeus Stevens's approach probably would have addressed? Well, I'm with you on this. I think that if Thaddeus Stevens' approach had been enacted, so, that, so there's a double condition. First, been accepted by the Republican Party, which it was not. Second, been effectively enforced on the South, then we would have completed the Second American Revolution. And I think, well, you would not have had Jim Crow and the entire culture that goes along with Jim Crow. And white supremacy would have been dealt a much more powerful blow. Now, that could not by itself have stopped people from lying about the past. It's hard to do that. But if you have a continuously effective struggle against white supremacy, you are in a much better position to stamp out movements for white supremacy and the veneration of causes like the pro-slavery Confederacy. H.R. 40 a hearing, a reparations hearing taking place on Capitol Hill, a lot of discussion about reparations Thaddeus Stevens supported reparations for enslavement, didn't he? Well, effectively, he did. The former slaves themselves, of course, were the first to demand some form of reparation. Even during the Civil War, as Union armies moved into the Confederacy, emancipated slaves began taking over the land and cultivating it for themselves and believed, and rightly in my opinion and in Stevens' opinion, that this was their right. And Stevens, as soon as the war ended, began demanding that the land of the large slaveholders be confiscated, broken up into small farms, and distributed among the free people. 
The Republican Party refused to go along with that. And there, uh, I'm sure you've heard about the movie Judas and the Black Messiah about the the, the COINTELPRO. Uh, is interesting. What Thaddeus Stevens advocated, there are still members of black activist groups, not only Black Panther Party, but one in particular that advocated that very position you described by Thaddeus Stevens. It was called the Republic of New Africa. You may have heard of it. And they made the argument in the 60s. Hey, we need to get this land. And some of them are still (laughs) languishing in prison. So, folks, everything is not as... uh, um, shall we say, is as random as you might think. There is a precedent for these types of arguments. And, and what our guest is saying to us is that Thaddeus Stevens um, was one that was making those arguments himself. So I, I have to ask you this. So this big scene in the movie when they're debating in the Senate and Thaddeus Stevens is, is put on the spot and then, you know, he's forced to say, as the movie depicts, you know, not all things, not all people are equal, but everyone is equal under the law. Did, did that really happen that way? Well, a version a version of that happened. But uh, one of the pro-slavery Democrats attacks Stevens for claiming that uh, Stevens wants e- equality in all things. And Stevens says, I'm not talking about equality in all things. I'm talking about equality before the law. And his, his opponent says, I call upon you to abandon the call for equality before the law. Stephen says, I refuse to do that. The movie makes it look like that represents a muffling of Stephen's politics. Equality before the law was a big deal. It meant no discrimination. It meant no discrimination in the law. It meant equal rights under the law. It meant access to the courts. It meant access to the jury box. It meant legal equality. And that was something that was still very controversial in Stevens' time, which is exactly why his opponent demanded that he retreat from it. And it was very important that Stevens said, no, I will not do that. And then, of course, the million dollar question also in the movie, he is depicted as being in a relationship with his uh, his housekeeper, so to speak, is a very dramatic scene where he takes a copy of the bill, which was, you know, kind of humorous to me. He asked if he could take it home with him. And I'm like, I wouldn't let nobody take that home. I mean, what if they don't bring it back? What if, it gets, what if he gets, you know, hit by a car or falls in the mud? But anyway, he takes, according to the video, he takes literally the legislation home. Back then, they didn't have copiers and fax machines yet. Right. And... <laughs> And shares it with his housekeeper, Tommy Lee Jones, is Thaddeus Steven, and S.C. Patha Murkison exactly. is playing uh, his housekeeper. And they, they're together. It's, it's his, either his wife or his mistress. Is, is that true? Was Thaddeus Stevens involved with an African-American woman? Well, as I remember it in the movie, they're in bed together. Yeah, well, I was trying to be right? tactful. <laughs> yeah, <so. laughs> I think there's not much ambiguity about what the movie is saying. Um, And of course, that is the legend. What we know for sure is that Stevens hired Lydia Hamilton Smith, a woman of, as they would have said at the time, mixed race ancestry, as his housekeeper. And they become very close friends, at the very least. She becomes his business manager. We have very little correspondence between them. But what we have shows that they socialize together that they share friends. 
that there was a sexual relationship, I think we don't know one way or the other. In other words, whether they were actually lovers, we don't know. His detractors considered that a good basis on which to try to impugn his character. Stevens didn't consider association with a light-skinned African-American to be something to be ashamed about. Stevens never denied he had that relationship. He never affirmed it either. And I think he would have refused to deny it because that would have implied there would have been something wrong with it. Right, right, And Stevens certainly didn't think there was anything wrong with it. Were they able to use it against him politically at all? Did it work? It's hard to tell, but I'm sure that there were plenty of voters in Pennsylvania who were affected by such a claim. It's difficult to know what motivates an individual voter for voting against you, though it's worth remembering that once he became a Republican in every single election, I believe, to Congress, Stevens got about two thirds of the vote Mm. in his district, often doing much better than other Republicans on the same ticket, including Abraham Lincoln in 1864. Wow. Wow. He was also involved in the impeachment trial of of Andrew Johnson, correct? Yes. He was one of the House managers. Yeah. And and how did that turn out and, and how significant was his role in that trial? Well, he considered that this was an important thing to do. And we can talk about this at whatever length you, you of course, consider appropriate, because this was also controversial among Republicans, just as it is today. What do you impeach someone for? On what what kind of grounds do you need to impeach someone for? Stevens believed, correctly, that Johnson was a major obstacle to Reconstruction, that Johnson was doing his very best to restoring white supremacy in the post-war South, and had done many things to obstruct the achievement of greater equality in the South. And that was good enough reason for Stevens to try to get him out of the White House. And so Stevens actively pushed for his impeachment. The House did impeach Johnson, of course. The Senate refuses to do so by a vote or two. And if all the Republicans had voted in unity, Johnson would have been deprived of the presidency. But the so-called moderate Republicans refused to go along with it. And that was enough to keep the vote just short of the requirement to get Johnson out. But Johnson basically at this point has pulled in his horns and does very is capable of doing very little more damage to the cause after that. That is that is that Johnson was hurtful to the cause of Reconstruction and wanted to reestablish white supremacy in the South. Correct. So what you just said there is here applicable, what, 160 years later, almost to the <laughs> to the word. You know, I mean, that's very interesting. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. There's a long running debate over what it takes, what what's requirement to be impeached. Do you have to actually break a law in order to be impeached? Or is it enough that you abuse the power of your office, Mm -hmm. even if it's not a literal crime? Is Mm -hmm. that enough grounds? Mm -hmm. And it seems to me that the framers of the Constitution thought that would be enough 
Alexander Hamilton, I think, basically says that. Hamilton was no radical. Hamilton believed in a strong executive and is not terribly democratic in his politics, but Hamilton believes that abuse of power is enough. Stevens believes that clearly Johnson is abusing his power. Yeah. And that is enough. Not all the moderates agreed. They insisted that you had to break a law and they claimed that Johnson hadn't done so. They also didn't want to weaken the office of the presidency and so on. Yeah. And Stevens was very bitter about what he considered the treachery of the moderate members of his own party. Folks, uh, this is a great book. I strongly recommend it. Uh, as a matter of fact, we'll make this uh, required reading uh, for our audience, and, and we may even do a pop quiz on it. It's very important um, that we know um, this history, uh, because as we just alluded to, there's so many things from history that we can learn uh, that also end up being quite applicable to the present. Um, and the story of Thaddeus Stevens is one of those stories and an important part of history. Bruce, what's your next project? What are you working on next? It's a good question. Right now I'm working on retirement. <laughs> and I'm trying to think of whether or not there is another good book topic um, uh, down the line. And I'm open to suggestions. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll keep that in mind. Great work you've been doing. Very important work uh, you've been doing. And I don't mean to coax you out of retirement to write another one, but we may... We may still need you in days to come. I, I, I pray that you and your loved ones are safe and healthy in this pandemic as well. I hope the same for you and yours, and thank you for your great work. Thaddeus Stevens, Civil War revolutionary, fighter for racial justice. Check it out, folks. Thank you, Bruce. Thank you, Mark. Thanks for getting woke and listening to Make It Plain. Please remember to listen, like, subscribe. And wherever you get your podcasts, please give the show a five-star rating. And please do spread the word. Let's all continue to pray for each other during this pandemic and this police-demic. If all hearts and minds are clear, it has been made plain. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. 
book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.